0: Day. I, I don't. I, I, I know my father had left us when we were really young. I was like four to five years old. And um, I've never really had any Father's Day uh, until I got saved and really started honoring Father's Day because things had to change in my heart. And so I, I say that is because a lot of times as fathers growing up, seeing that I, I didn't really understand it, but I loved my father Regardless of what, I remember being five years old, sneaking out of the window. At the, I would go into the restroom, and they would tell me that, that, uh, that uh, Google go would take a shower, and I would go jump in the shower, and I would go through the window of the restroom at five years old, jump in that window, go out that window, and just say we lived in Grand Terrace. You just say my house was in Grand Terrace. I would take off from Grand Terrace all the way to the convention center now at downtown Riverside. That's how far I would go. And that's five years old. So if you have a five-year-old, just imagine that taking off and leaving to my dad's house because I longed for a father. I longed for my father figure. I longed because I loved my father. Didn't understand as a child what had took place. But I wanted a father. And so I would do that. And I would constantly do that. Because why? It's because I wanted a father. Are you guys with me? I wanted a father. I loved my father. And my mom would come looking for me. And they would come there and... And they would ask if I was there. And then my father would say, no, he's not here. But I was in the inside. Never forget this. Never forget this. is The closest thing to a father's I can remember is is I would always be there in the kitchen with my grandma making homemade tortillas. And she was making the tortillas with sugar and butter. So if you're ever thinking about making tortillas, here I am. Butter and sugar. And then I would come in and take me. Your mom's here. Get in the car, and take off. And I would—that wasn't my, my weekly routine. And I don't know how long I did it, but I did it for a while. And and trying to get a father, get a get a father figure because my stepdad was there. And 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 we know we didn't like stepdad, we didn't care for stepdad. And but stepdad stepped in when things had happened. And so stepdads, you are valuable. Come on, if you're a stepdad, you are valuable. And you need to give yourselves a clap offering uh, um, because I didn't understand it as a child. But when I got older, I understood the value of a stepdad. And so, uh, um, stepdads, you are valuable fathers. You are valuable grandfathers. You are valuable grandfathers. Great grandfathers, remember, you are great and you are valuable. Amen. So give them a great clap offering. Amen. Uh, Amen. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Judges chapter 3. Judges chapter 3. I want to minister on Shamgar the farmer. Shamgar the farmer. Um, I've preached a lot of Father's Day sermons, a lot of different ones, but when I was thinking, I said, my heart started crying out, and it says, "You know, a lot of fathers. We 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 look at ourselves sometimes as insignificant. We, we don't feel like we can ever do anything or do too much." Uh, um, we look at ourselves sometimes different, that I'm not like so-and-so or like so-and-so. We don't say it, but inside sometimes we feel it. And so sometimes we think we can't do nothing. We're looking at some of these great men in the Bible. But I want to look at a person in the Bible that had one scripture and did great things. Here was a guy who was a farmer. Shangmar was a farmer. He was a farmer who cared for his family that he was willing to fight for them. He cared for his children that he was willing to fight for them. He cared for his family. He cared for his wife. He cared for, for his livestock, what he had as a provider. He cared uh, as a man that he would fight. And not only fight for his family, but he would fight for Israel. In Judges chapter 3, Judges chapter 3, verse 31, says these words. After him was Shemgar. The son of Anath, Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goat. And he also saved Israel, or some say also delivered Israel. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for your presence that's in this place. We thank you for the fathers. We thank you for the mothers. We thank you for all those that are here watching us and believing with us and standing with us, oh God, through this time. And we pray, Lord, that you would minister to the men, God, and to the families that are here today in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen. Here is Shamgar. And Shamgar was a farmer. Listen to what I'm saying. A farmer who cared. That cared for his family. Who cared and was willing to fight. And I, I, you, might, you might think... That, who am I? What can I do? What can I do? I, who am I? What can I do? I mean, maybe I'm just a machinist. I'm, I'm just a construction worker. I, I'm, I'm, I just work at a warehouse. Or we start looking at our insignificance that it's nothing, but it's something. Regardless of where you work at, regardless of your workplace, well, I work at the office and I work, regardless of your workplace, you need to know, men, that you are valuable and you are needed. Men are needed. Fathers are needed. Come on, somebody. Men are needed. Fathers are needed. They are needed. There is a great need for for fathers that will rise up. Here's Shamgar. Shamgar the farmer. He was just a farmer. He was a simple man who was a farmer who worked the fields? Are you guys with me? He worked the fields. He had his livestock. He had his 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 uh, his, his um, livestock. He had his, his growing his his vegetables and all these different things. He was an agricultural uh, man. they also known as that tilling the ground. His whole purpose was to live, to to live to raise healthy crops and healthy livestock. And that was his whole thing, to provide for his family, to provide uh, uh, for his loved ones. Um, That was what he was. And and so this is the thing I want you to understand, that a a farmer delivered Israel. A farmer saved Israel. You you, you hear about the great men and all the great men of God who, who, who did great exploits. But here is a simple farmer who did something profound that we're going to talk about right now. The, the name Shamgar means sword. Means sword, means sword. Now listen to this. He was like a sword in the hands of God as God will use him to destroy the enemies of Israel. He became a sword in the hands of God. You guys with me? He, he became something mighty, In the hands of God. God is saying to you, Father. He's saying to you, Son. He's saying to you, Daughter. You will be mighty in my hand. I'll make you a sword in my hand. I will use you to do great things. I will use you to cause change. I will use you to deliver. I'll use you to break yokes. I will use you to change lives. You will be powerful in my hand. You in God's hands changes the fact that you that being a farmer, it was no longer a farmer. He was now a sword. You guys with me? He was no longer a Shamgar the farmer. He was Shamgar the sword. He was Shamgar the deliverer. He was Shamgar that changed Israel forever. And so we need to understand that. That he became... A sword in the hand of God. A farmer becomes a warrior. A farmer becomes a deliverer. That's what you're seeing today. When you allow God to get a hold of you, you begin to change. When you allow God to grab a hold of your life, something begins to change about who you are. So begins to change. He'll change your name. Come on, somebody. He'll change your name the same way God wrestled with Jacob. Jacob's name changed. It, it went from trickster. It went from thief. It went to Israel. Come on. Amen. I'm telling you, in God's hands, we become dangerous. In God's hands, we become powerful. In God's hands, God will use us to become what he wants us to be. Amen. He'll, he'll, he'll change your name. He'll, he'll change who you are. My life changed the day I became a father. But my life changed the day I became a, my life changed when I became a husband. But my life changed really when I became a father. When I found out I was having a son, I was shocked. I was like, whoa, then when I was, I was, my son was born, my life changed. I changed. Something happened in me. They, my pastor would tell me, you're going to change when you have your first child. I said, no, nah, I mean, what can change? You know, and all of a sudden I started talking weird. Started doing different things. They didn't know that I was going to be a professional uh, pamper changer. Didn't, didn't know I was going to be a professional, a no, uh, bodyguard and protecting everything. D- didn't know that I was in a, you know, work night. <laughs> Hello, somebody. From, a, from a four o'clock in the morning to all these different times. Didn't know all this stuff was going to happen in my life. It was of a, a, a becoming a father. It changed me. Becoming a father changed me. It changed who I was. It changed how I did things. And, and that's what it is. When, when you allow God to get a hold of you, he begins to change you begins to change you, begins to, you begin to evolve, you begin to grow, something happens. That was one of the biggest changes in my life. And then I started having, then they said, when you have your first girl, your first girl, it will change you. Oh, my God, it changed me even more. It broke me even more. And so things even then, I'm telling you, uh, children have a way of changing you. Children have a way of breaking you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you've been a father a while, you know what I'm doing. They, they make you feel good and they make you feel like, oh, what did I do wrong? <laughs> but that's the role of a father. You got to love them in the good and love them in the bad. It's, it's not an easy thing, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it pays off in the long haul. Amen. So here he is. Here's is his Shamgar, who was, was, who was a farmer who carried, who, who carried an ox goat. Now, listen to this an ox goat was a weapon in the in the farmers it was it, it was excuse me it was not a weapon it was it was a tool used to move the oxen. Oxen sometimes wouldn't move, they don't go, but if you say go or or you talk to them or you pull them, they won't go, but they had this stick and the point of the stick was like eight to ten feet long and they had a point at the end of it. And it would use it as a, they would, they would call it an encourager. It would encourage it to continue flowing and moving. And, and so this is the thing, that thing that he used to encourage and that thing that he used to push the oxen is what he ended up turning into a mighty sword in his hands. Listen, in God's hand, Shamgar became a sword. And in the hands of Shamgar, his tool became a sword. You guys with me so far? And so I want you to understand this. That we can learn a lot from Shamgar who became a warrior in the hands of God. We can learn a lot, fathers, that we've allowed ourselves to say, God, here I am. Pick me up and use me. I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what's going on. I want to be used by you, God. Make me an influencer. Make me an encourager. Use me. Come on, make me a sword. Make me a deliverer. Come on, make me something powerful in your hand, God. Amen. And so come on, somebody. And that is very, very, very understandable today that God got a farmer and made him a warrior. He got a farmer, made him a sword. And so it doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter our background. It doesn't matter how we grow up, it doesn't matter where we've been, it doesn't matter what took place in our life, what matters, will you allow yourself to be picked up by God? Will you allow yourself to be used by God? If we're going to be the the soldiers, the warriors, the weapons in God's hands, number one, understand that Samgar, he started where he was. Shamgar started where he was. Listen to this. He started where he was. Where was he at? In the field. He started as a farmer. Listen to me. Sometimes we can't wait for opportunities. We think, well, unless, uh, unless the, they ask me to do something, unless they tell me to do something, unless, unless, unless this happens, unless they, we're waiting for so much opportunities and we need to stop and just start where you're at. Where are we at? Where in your life, he started where he was. He started as a farmer. He started where he was at. He said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I need to do. Where I'm at, where are you right now in your life? Well, pastor, I'm struggling. Well, start there. Well, pastor, I don't feel like I do anything good. Start there. Pastor, I feel like I'm the perfect man. Then start there. Pastor, I feel like I'm too young. Start there. Pastor, I feel like I'm too old. Start there. See, you need to start where you're at right now. Forget about trying to perfect yourself. Just start where you are right now. Come on. If you're ever going to finish something in your life, you need to have a starting point. Everybody thinks, oh, I need to just get, well, I'm just going to wait till I get better. I'm just going to wait to... you know, I, I'm going to wait for this. No, no, no. Just start now. Because if you don't start now, you never will. To finish a race, you have to start. There needs to be a starting point. He started where he was. We need to start where we're at. I'm going to be am I'm I'm going to be a, I'm going to I'm going to be a better husband when, when this happens. No, be a better husband now. I'm I'm going to be. A, I'm going to just you know. I'm going to be faithful when this happens. No, be faithful now. Well, you know what, I, 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 I will help when, when I just stop, uh, um, you know, I got so much. No, no, start now. You have to start now. And eventually, you're going to see God begin to work everything out. Eventually, you're going to see God straighten stuff out. Because we're always trying to get, well, I'll wait to, I'm going to start tithing when I start uh, making more money. No, you, you, you can't do it when you have little, you're not going to do it when you have much. I never heard a, a, heard a saying so one time, he goes, he says, uh, he says, pastor, you know what? Um, uh, I, I've been faithful in giving. I've been faithful in my giving, I, you know, but all of a sudden I got this good job now and, and I don't know if I can give that much money no more. Pastor, there's no problems. Let's just pray that you make less so that you can get back to giving. And so sometimes we, 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 we can mess ourselves up, guys. Men, we always want to procrastinate. And he says, "No, we need to start now. Start where you're at right now. Start where you're at right now. Start where you're at right now. Say with me, start where I'm at. Start where Start where you're at. Stop waiting for an opportunity. Stop waiting for, you know, while I'm waiting for this and I'm waiting for that, how long have you been waiting for it and nothing has happened? Amen? And so we need to understand. That we have to come to a point in our lives that we say, I'm gonna start where I'm at. You know that big things hang on small screws? Big things hang on small, big, huge doors hang on small hinges. Beautiful luxury doors, you see them? They're not on something. They're on a small little hinge holding them up. So when we feel like we're insignificant, when we feel we're too small to make a difference, no, 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 no. You can make a difference. I don't care who you are, where you are, where you've been, what you've done. You can make a difference. Come on, somebody. That's what we need to understand. Shamgar was just a farmer. And if he would have said, well, I'm just a farmer. I can't do nothing. I, 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 can't, I, I can't do No, this man killed 600 Philistines with the tool that was used for oxen. He became a warrior in his hand. That's my second thing. Listen to this. Use what you got. Use what you got. He used what he had. And an ox goat became a lethal weapon. Listen, let what you got be used by God. You have something God can use. Husband, father, father. Women, you got a talent that God can use as a weapon. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm telling you, you got a talent that can be powerful in God's hands. He didn't say, well, I can't fight. I don't, I don't got a sword. I, I don't got a shield. I, I, I don't got a, 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 full, a full clothed armor. No, he used what he had in his hand. What's in your hand? What's in your hand that God can use? What's in your hand that can make a difference? Moses had a rod and he delivered Israel. David had rock and took down Goliath. Samson had a jawbone and killed tons of Philistines. What's in your hand? Woo! Sometimes we think, well, I don't have this and I, I can't preach like that and, I can't talk like that, and, and I can't teach like that, and, and I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I don't look as good as the pastor. Hello. <laughs> got to make you laugh. And, and we, we think, well, I can't read, and I can't, look at, I have, I have eighth grade reading. I couldn't read or write when I got saved. When I got saved, I said, what can I do for God? I can't read, I can't write. I don't know what to do every time I read the Bible. And God says, "Look at it, don't worry, but what you do, God, is passion. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. God can use passionate people. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. Listen to what I'm telling you. Passion was in Shamgar. If you have passion, passion will push you. Passion will push you come on passion will push you passion when you you got fire got to use that fire You got anointing got to use that anointing come on if you could read got to use that education I'm telling you whatever you got God can use But what do you got? You think it's insignificant and God says no, it's something Even like now if you know how to mud I need a mutter to come and hop in the church Next week, we'll be at the church in the cafe. We need someone who knows how to mud. I looked at some of the mudders. I said, Lord, have mercy. So I said, man, you know how to mud? We need some mudders to help. And downstairs, your tool can make a difference. Your gift. We're, we're doing some construction downstairs. many of you guys are gifted in that. Your tool can be a blessing and an asset to the kingdom of God. Everything that we've done in this church has been to the church people helping. And that's how we progress so many things. What do you got in your hand? What do you got in your hand? Men, use what's in your hand. Use what you got in your hands. All I had was a vision. Listen to what I'm saying. All I had was a vision to get us where we're at. I had got a vision. And my pastor sent me out. I said, Pastor, we got together and we played out the vision. And all I came with was with the vision I said, I ain't got nothing else. I got my vision and I got my faith and let's go to work. Come on, somebody, let's go to work. And we started to, we started, we started going and we started pushing. We started on, on, on Chapel Street in Arlington and we got there and, and we were pushing and, you know, the vision and faith and God began to bloom. God began to bloom the ministry. It began to grow. Things began to happen. People started getting saved. It started taking off. And all of a sudden, they kicked us out one year later. And all of a sudden said, God, What's going on here? But all I had was a vision. All I have is faith. I used what God put in my hands. I used what was in my hands. I said, all right, Lord. All of a sudden, they opened up a building. All of a sudden, they gave us a building. We got to that building, and all I had was a vision. All I had was faith. Let's go. Come on, let's build. Let's build. Let's build. Let's build. Let's build. build. And then the church burned down. Five years ago. Build burned down. That was a devastating hit in my life. I said, Lord, now what am I going to do? And God told me, what do you have in your hand? I said, a vision. I said, a vision. He said, what's in your other hand? I said, well, I think I still have faith. <laughs> and I said, all right, Lord. One year went by and we're pushing, we're pushing until finally God opened the doors here in Grand Terrace. Amen. We got a Grand Terrace. You the church does not look like how it is now. It is not, not, not even close to what it looks like now. And then when I got in here, I said, Lord, all I have is a vision and my faith. That's what I got in my hands, Lord. And all of a sudden, we just started building and building and building and building. And everything, God, was just blossoming and blossoming. And we began to evolve and grow the, those different departments and the different things. And then we get hit again with this COVID-19. COVID-19 came in and just dispersed, and we had to change everything how church was, how church was going to be. And then even since now, we're getting back to what God wants us to be. All we have is a vision, and all we have is faith. Come on, somebody. Vision and faith. Vision and faith. And this is where you guys come in. Is God wants to use what's in your hands to continue growing the ministry. Continue being a blessing because you are significant. You are valuable. You are needed. Come on, somebody. We need to start where you're at and use what you got. Use what's in your hand. Third one, do what you can. Do what you can. Well, I can't do that, but you could do this. Pastor, I can't do what he can do, but you can do this. We need to do what we can. Shamgar did what he can He did what he can, and he did what he can, and he did it good. And what he did was able to deliver all Israel. He started where he was, a farmer. He used what he had, a tool, and he did what he could and killed 600 Philistines. And the Bible says that he saved Israel. Imagine if he would have said, well, I'm just a farmer. All I got is just a tool. Those 600 Philistines would have came in and destroyed Israel. But he said, no, I'm going to start where I'm at. I'm going to use what I got in my hands. And I'm going to do what I can. And I believe we, could, we get to do what we can. We can do what we can. Three things that you can do. Number one, pray. Oh, we can Pray. We need prayer more than anything. Come on, somebody. We need prayer. We need you to pray for the ministry. Pray for the church. Pray for the families. We need to pray for what God's doing. You need to pray. Listen to this. The enemy is powerless against a praying man. Oh, man. The enemy is defenseless against a praying man. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. The Bible says, if anyone's in trouble, let him What? Pray, prayer, prayer, prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer causes God to get up from where he's at. Prayer will get God up. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Prayer will get God up, amen, to get him involved. Prayer involves God in our lives do what you can pray we need praying people we need praying men we need praying women we need praying teenagers we need prayer do what you can someone say do what i can do what i can can. number two stay focused stay focused if shamgar didn't stay focused he would have missed out we need to stay focused in the midst of our battles we need to stay focused listen to this A focused man is a dangerous man. When you're focused and you know what you want to do, and you're focused and you know what needs to get done, you're dangerous. When you're focused on a vision and the house and the vision for the house of God, you become dangerous. When you are focused on your marriage, your marriage becomes dangerous. Not in a bad way, in a good way. A focused man, oh, is a dangerous man. You guys, with me? Man, men, when we get focused, you know men, when we get focused and when we focus ourselves and we're determined to do something, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. When you make your mind up, you want to buy something, you're going to buy it. No? You don't care like, nah, nah, nah. And, you know, and then you're going to do it. You get focused. When you're focused and you 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 going to find a burrito place, you're going to find a burrito place. You're going to find something. When they say it was good, you're going to find it. A focused man is a dangerous man. When you aren't focused, you become dangerous. The enemy wants to take us off focus and he wants to mess us up because if you look at a lens, when the lens is focused, it takes a great picture. But when the lens is unfocused, you can't even tell what the picture is. It's like a blur. And when we are not focused, things become a blur. Your life becomes a blur. You're like, man, what am I doing? And you feel like you're wasting your life. And you feel like you're just, you're you're, you're, you're insignificant. You feel like, man, man, I'm in my 30s. I'm in my 20s. Now I'm turning 20, and man, I feel like, man, I don't know. Now you're in your 30s, and you're like, man, you know, I'm still young. And you get in your 40s, and you feel lost. You get in your 50s and your 60s, and you feel like you wasted your time. But I'm telling you, if you stay focused, you will know the value of who you are. I gave all my 20s to the Lord, and I had to stay focused. I gave my 30s to the Lord, I had to stay focused. I gave my 40s to the Lord, I had to stay focused. I have to stay focused. Because the enemy will try to rob you out and try to make you get unfocused so that you would feel like you're wasting your time. That'll make you feel like you're not, you're, 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 you, you could have did something better. No, stay focused. God knows what he's doing in your life. Come on, somebody, fathers, come on, stay focused. Come on, stay focused, stay focused. <laughs> stay focused. I give you one more. Do what you can. Believe. 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 Believe that God's going to use you. Believe in the one who called you. Believe in the one who saved you. Believe in the one who changed you. Believe that you're becoming a weapon in God's hand. Believe that you're becoming a deliverer in God's hand. Believe. That you're becoming something powerful. You have to believe. Come on, somebody. You have to believe. You, you have. You have to believe. A man that believes can make a difference. A man that believes can make a difference. When you believe, then you become a person that says, you know what? God's using me. I'm in his, I'm in his hand, and I'm going to make a difference in my marriage. I'm going to make a difference with my children. I'm going to make a difference in my workplace. I'm going to make a difference in the house of God. Because why? Because I believe that regardless of what I used to be, regardless of what I'd done, regardless of where I came from, regardless of all that, I know where I'm at right now. And I'm using what I got right now. And I'm going to do all that I can right now. And that is belief. Come on, somebody. That, that is Belief. There's something powerful about belief. The Bible says, for those who believe in the Son of God, you have to believe in the Son of God. You have to believe that he, that he died and rose a wreck for you. You got to believe that. You got to believe what you can't see. Come on, somebody. You got to have faith in what you can't see. You got to believe in what you can't see for it to become evidence and it become powerful. This is what I'm saying. You have to believe that God is going to use you and that you are going to make a difference you are going to make a difference. If I would have never believed in the way God believed in me, I would have doubt. I will tell you right now, I would have doubted half the stuff I've done. Well, because God believed in me, I had to believe in myself. And I'm challenging all you that are here, God believes in you. So you need to start believing in yourself. Come on, man, we need to start believing in ourselves. Women, you need to start believing in yourself. Regardless of what takes place, you have to start believing in yourself. It's a big difference. This is not a proudful thing. This is not an arrogant thing. This is a humble thing. You're saying, God, you want to use me? God, you really believe in me? God, you really called me? God, you really chosen me? God, you really called me out of darkness into this marvelous light? God's saying, Yes. I believe in you. I, 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 I believe in you so much that I gave my son for you. That's how much he, come on, that's how much he believes in you, father, mother, son, daughter. He gave his son and says, I want to give my son because I believe there's a lot of swords out here. I believe there's a lot of deliverers out here. I believe there's a lot of mighty men, and mighty women that are out here, I believe it. So then I believe so much, I'm gonna put my son on the cross to show you where my mouth is, where my belief is. I believe in you. So we need to believe in ourselves. You need to start believing in yourself. I want you to stand with me this morning. We need to start believing in ourselves. Stay, stay focused and believe in ourselves. That's what we can do. Much more you can add to that list. I know you can add so much more to that list than what you can do. But we're going to have to be men and women, believers that are going to start where they're at. Let, let's start where we're at, because why? Because I care for my family enough to fight for them. I care enough to fight for myself and for my family. I care enough to come out of where I'm at. I'm not gonna stay the same. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stay. I'm coming out and I'm gonna be a mighty sword. In the hand of God, a sword. In the hands of God, wow. A sword. In the hand of God. Do what you can. Do what you can. Do what you can. Sometimes we feel like, well, well, I'm just this and I'm just that. Listen, you need to stop thinking like. Bible says that we're a body. We need all the parts to make a body. Everybody's important. Everybody is valuable. Everyone is needed to take the ministry to a different level, to take the church to a different level. That's how valuable you are. You make a difference. You make a big difference. And when you fully surrender to God, oh, oh my God, you become a strong pillar that holds up things. We need fathers that are pillars in the church to look up to, for young men can look up to. We need them. We need you, fathers. We need you. So young kids can look up to you. Teenagers can look up to you. Young adults can look up to you. The young couples who get married can look up to me. But I will never forget those that I looked up to when I first got saved. They were in the church and I looked up to them. Because why? Because it was those men that I'd seen. Men that I'd seen there that I didn't have a good role model in my life. My daughter asked me some questions. and She was doing some for her school. And she says, Pastor, she said, Dad... One of the questions is, what do you think, what is the most important thing for a father? And I said, for me, as a father, I think the most important thing as a father to their children is to be a good role model. Because they're always looking for good role models. They're always looking for role models out there. But if we can be a good role model for our sons and for our daughters, that they don't have to look nowhere else for, for heroes Nora house for examples or for role models. They can look in our house. And you're there as a good role model. Come on. A good spiritual role model. A good father. Amen. I I tell my I tell my kids, I don't, I'm I'm not gonna be your friend. I'll be your friend when you get married, then we can be friends. Right now, I'm your father. And I know you don't like what I have to tell you, but I have to because why? Because they never told me. So I got to do my best now. Hopefully, it pays off in the long haul. Because the Bible says, the Bible says that if you train a child up the way you should go, he won't depart from it. It never said they don't get not going to get weird. They never said they're not going to go through stuff. They're going to go through things, but they're always going to have. They're always going to come back and remember that fathers, you are doing your best and speaking the best into them. And eventually when they get thirsty, they're going to drink of it. Just like the Bible says, not the Bible, but the saying you can bring a horse to the water, but he, can't, he won't make him drink it. Very true. But he's going to know when he's thirsty where to drink. The same way with your children, Father, you're going to do your best. They might not be listening to you, but one day they're going to get thirsty and they're going to remember the words that you told them. So that's why we need to be good examples. When you feel like, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, saying, well I'm not, a, I'm not a father. Well, we need good men to be an example. I Maybe mean, you don't have, you're not a father, but we need good men to be good examples. Shamgar, the farmer, a great example. It became a sword. Became powerful. Delivered Israel. My God. So that's what I'm saying to you, men, women. I know it's Father's Day, but for all of us, we need to start where we're at. Amen. Use what's in our hands and do what we can. And let's let's make a difference. Come on. Let's make a difference this year. Let's impact our families. Let's impact our workplace. Let's impact the church. need to we need to we need to we need to rise up again with all these different things that are taking place with all the different protesting and all the different stuff the church needs to rise up and not lose their voice not lose their voice that says you know what no it's still about jesus 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 we need to We need to, we need to, we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for those in position. We need to pray for our community. We need to pray for our families. We need to to pray for unity and we really need to pray for peace, spirit of peace. And this is where it comes in where all of us are walking swords, bringing peace, praying for peace. Come on, somebody praying for peace. Oh, we need peace. We need peace in us so that we can give peace outwardly. So we need to come to a place where we need peace. I want to pray. We're going to pray. Right now. I believe God is God is dealing with our hearts. I believe God is dealing with us. And I know God's not done with us, but I know he's dealing with I want to do something right now. I want all the fathers to come. I want all the fathers to come. I want the fathers to come.